so the idea is to basically understand that okay our lives have changed now how do we deal with this change right so the first and most important thing i think is to be mindful right so what tends to happen is that when you're sitting in front of a television you're just so engrossed in that you're so engrossed in your show and you're just eating anything that comes in your way Hello and welcome to Dr. Vedya's Heal at Home. This is your podcast for everything health, nutrition, fitness, yoga, ayurveda and much more. So for those of you who don't know Swachita, she's a founder of a startup called Basics and I'll let her talk a little more about that. But she's also done her undergraduate studies at the University of Southern California and she's currently doing her postgraduate in um, a diploma in nutrition and health education. So yeah, so do you, do you want to talk a bit more about what you do, a bit about your startup, and how you sort of got into this? So I got into the field of nutrition literally ever since I was a child because my mother has been like a very prominent figure in this industry. So they have a company. My parents have a company called Health Total that's been around for around thirty years now, and we're primarily into nutrition, Ayurveda. uh treating lifestyle disorders so i've grown up in this environment where food is literally treated as medicine um eventually i wanted to pursue business because i felt like if i can um help more people kind of reach their health goals that would be uh, a better strategy for me and then so that's why i went to the us i studied my business administration there and then thereafter i kind of came back i decided to come back to india and pursue nutrition So currently uh, I'm founding my own company it's called the basics wherein the main ideology is to treat ingredients as key so the philosophy is that a few key ingredients go a long way in um treating your health goals in understanding your health goals so right now that's what's keeping me busy during this whole quarantine period <laughs> Yes. So actually, I, that was going to be my next question, but um, you know, given the lockdown, the obvious quarantine, what exactly, you know, how exactly are you managing to stay healthy in this time? Um, you know, just as a quick introduction to the talk as well. So we're just going to talk a bit about nutrition, on healthy eating, staying fit during the lockdown. Of course, I know that's on everyone's minds, um, and of course, PCOD as well. So just to get started now that you mentioned the quarantine and lockdown how exactly are you staying fit um you know what are some tips you have for our viewers what can they do to make sure that they don't really fall into bad habits during this time right so i think the most important thing to consider right now is that how our lifestyles have changed with this whole quarantine period right like earlier what would what would one do when they would usually wake up they would wake up eat breakfast go to work come back home go to the gym come back watch tv so there was a lot of movement here and there today our schedule is we wake up late we sleep late we switch on netflix and basically that's it if i have to sum it up maybe some of us will do like a cool at home workout and post it on instagram but for the majority of us we're just sitting in front of the television and consuming content and then we're just binging on everything we're binging on food we're binging on netflix we're binging on prime so it's just a lot of binging basically so the idea is to basically understand that okay our lives have changed now how do we deal with this change right So the first and most important thing I think is to be mindful right so what tends to happen is that when you're sitting in front of a television 
you're just so engrossed in that you're so engrossed in your show and you're just eating anything that comes in your way you're eating your popcorn you're eating your nutella so the first and most basic tip that i can give is to be mindful of the fact that this is my body i have to treat it like a temple i have to respect it and not put anything and everything that comes in my way right the second thing i would say is eating 3/4 of capacity so what we tend to do is that we want to eat till 125% of our capacity till we're bloated till we're full till we cannot move because we think that this is just what the new norm is but it's really not the idea is to eat 3/4 of capacity so that you give your body the time to digest you give your body the time to rest you give your uh, cells time to recover so eat 3/4 of capacity the third thing that i want to say is try healthy swaps so i know we're so used to having a popcorn and your nutella and your ice cream but try foods that are healthier with the same texture so for example if you're very used to popcorn you could try going in for makhana you know because it has that same crunch and it it's you know it feels the same the whole idea is to switch to something that's a healthier option so yeah i think um, being mindful right eating 3/4 of capacity healthy swaps also incorporating a little bit of exercise just do a simple yoga there are so many youtube videos that can really help you so just try or do a brisk walk in your house go to your building terrace so try incorporate some sort of exercise is fasting a solution to weight loss what is a fast okay let's understand what exactly is a fast right so we've been fasting since a really long time like back in the day when you know um even religious festivals you have a lot of fast like right now ramzan is going on so people fast for that so it's a sort of detoxification it's a sort of cleanse that we need to do every now and then because the thing is that today in this 21st century we are so overloaded with toxicity with pollutants that we need to cleanse our system so yes fasting is a very good way of um getting rid of all the pollutants and all the chemical build up inside your body uh having said that it's important to know what kind of fast you also want there are different ways of fasting there's no um standard rule as to this is how you need to fast some people go on fruit fasts so they'll only consume fruit solely which is also a fast some people have practically nothing uh in the day that i wouldn't suggest but because you obviously need some nourishment right the idea is never to starve yourself even if you look at intermittent fasting you know so that's another type of diet that i'll talk about later but um the idea is to keep your insulin levels low so every so the, this there's this whole new mindset where people are constantly being asked to eat very frequently you know have five meals a day have six meals a day no you don't need to have five especially in this quarantine period because your lifestyle is sedentary you're not moving you're only consuming more and more food and you're not burning those calories right in terms of fasting right now i think it's a very good option for those who want to lose weight the idea is that the insulin level is maintained every time we eat our insulin spikes up the more the insulin spikes up weight gain happens so the idea is to keep the insulin balanced so fasting definitely helps with that and maybe we can talk a bit about different types of diets what you feel about intermittent fasting so i know you know nowadays there are multiple diets i hear people on keto on intermittent fasting low carb high carb low protein high protein you know every single variation uh maybe you could just shed some light on this what you think you know sort of works best is there different thing that work for different people 
personally this is what i feel whenever you adapt to any sort of lifestyle change <laughs> the change should be suitable for your taste buds your activity what your preferences are and not the other way around because the harder the diet the faster you're going to give up it's as simple as that right so choose a diet that you find is best suited for your needs your body that's rule number 1 so second thing is now when we talk like you mentioned the different diets right so there's keto there's low carb high protein there's intermittent fasting also another thing is any diet that you start once you get off it and you go back to your normal routine i assure you you will start gaining that weight right so the idea is to do something that is a lifestyle change that is to make sure that you whatever you do this is what you're going to follow for pretty much the rest of your life so make sure it's adapted well to your taste buds and your needs so the thing with keto is is that it's about consuming 70% fat in the diet right where your body undergoes ketosis and you burn the fat the, the thing with us is that we we tend to be so extreme it's either cut carbs completely or we love carbs there has to be a balance you know so that's why i say I try to take in more complex carbs but coming back to keto so it's a high fat diet and on top of that you're not allowed any glucose there's barely any amount of glucose and very minimal uh, level of protein people face people i mean this is what i've heard uh, from you know a lot of my friends who've been on this keto diet that uh, they feel really moody they feel um depressed they start smelling also because you're just consuming fats you get body odor and plus it's not uh, sustainable you can't do this for your entire life because you can't just survive on drinking fat right so why go through yourself why put yourself through this process this hard process of losing weight there are far easier options to lose weight so you might as well try something like that like you said intermittent fasting i think is a very good option um so the idea is you don't have to intermittent you don't have to do the fast every day you can do it maybe twice um two non consecutive days of the week so i can do it on a monday and i can do it on a thursday the idea is to keep an 8 hour gap right so between so you have your meal at 12 pm and then you have your next meal at around 8 pm so you keep that 8 hour gap and then after dinner you don't have anything so that again takes me back to the whole insulin going up and down because you're con- uh, you're controlling the level of insulin spikes in your body but naturally you will end up losing weight um so like i said it's all about degree of difficulty right the easier the diet the more likely you are to kind of take on to it and uh, the longer you will be on it and able to maintain your weight so i think following a low carb high protein diet is perfect because anyways today half the world is gluten intolerant so it's best that we kind of um, switch to more complex carbs and anyways we need more protein in our diet so that's a better idea No, very interesting. I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, just in terms of it being sustainable, you see a lot of people starting a diet two weeks into it, one month into it, two months into it, you just can't take it anymore, and you sort of put all that weight back on. So I think yeah. that's really important to keep in mind as well. So we have a question from Arjun. Do you believe in Ayurvedic principles with diet? Definitely. So, like I said, that uh, my organization, Health Total, we follow an integrative approach, right? So we have four pillars. One is Ayurveda. Second is nutrition. 
third is homeopathy and fourth is gene testing wherein we see what type of genomes you're born with and accordingly we can prescribe a diet based on that but that's not compulsory but coming back to the first three pillars i think ayurvedic uh, ayurveda is a 7000 year old science you know so we don't need to go to any new age science facts that are there out there we can go back to our roots it's only when you know the west says that oh have a turmeric latte do we start believing in the goodness of halwa but we've been preaching that for the longest time ever so the idea is that ayurveda is totally bang on um, we have in fact in our centers we prescribe a lot of the ayurvedic herbs like trifala guruchi tulsi ashwagandha so ayurveda is excellent for a detox and it's a it's a natural way you know if there's an option between allopathy and ayurveda why would anyone i mean that's my personal opinion why go that artificial route because allopathy at the end of the day is only a bandaid it's not treating the problem from the root ayurveda is treating the problem from the root and it's a more holistic way of dealing with your body a lot of value to people's lives so maybe you can just start off by telling us a little more about pcos um you know the current situation in india why does it happen and then maybe we can move on to diet lifestyle changes what exactly you recommend what you do okay so let's understand currently what's the situation in india specifically right because i don't want to talk about other countries because their geography climate everything is very different so in india as per today every one in five women have pcos that's 20% of the female population female reproductive population which is if you look at if you look at the numbers the absolute figures that's a lot of women right so that is one big hard hitting fact the second thing we need to understand is that why is it rising in india why is it is it rising globally yes but why is it rising in india specifically there are reasons for both so there are multiple there are multiple factors that lead to pcos you know okay firstly i am someone who has pcos so i come from direct experience of having to deal with it a big misconception about pcos is that you have to be obese to have pcos that is not the case or uh, you can be lean and also have pcos so coming back to what other factors involved in pcos one being and i hate this it's got it's genetics So whenever anyone tells me, okay, yeah, genetics, you're just like, okay, but like, what? I can't blame my genes, right? Tell, give me a solution. So out of the way, I don't, I don't like even considering that because there's something also called as epigenetics, which is when you learn to switch on and switch off genes through diet and through therapy, right? Through meditation, through different types of therapy, you can sort of switch off your genes. So one is genetics, right? the other thing is um your lifestyle so when you talk about the food that you consume so in india specifically imagine your indian plate okay so you consume your rice or your roti in the center of the plate right so that's about 60% of that covers your plate the rest is maybe your vegetables few of us that do consume vegetables maybe about 10% and the remaining is either your chicken or your dal which is around 20% so if we see majority of what we're eating is coming from the carbs it's either the rice or the roti even generally indians love carbs so whether it's dosas or pav bhaji or dhoklas anything we love carbs and i'll tell you the re- the relevance of this carb eating habit um basically india is second to china even when it comes to diabetes right 
diabetes pcos is a precursor to diabetes so pcos is the condition that we only see in women of course but also mm-hmm. but diabetes is something that happens because of insulin resistance which is also a result of this excessive carb eating habit that we have as indians so one thing is our meal structure if you look at western countries or healthier nations like say japan or maybe other nations also you will always find the protein component as the bulk of the plate so you'll have either the chicken or the other meat or anything else the protein which forms around 60% of the plate you'll have maybe mashed potatoes or veggies that form the latter half so they're more focused on having the protein which is why they are not as insulin resistant as we are that is one thing second thing is our lifestyle so we indians tend to have a very sedentary lifestyle so even as we're growing up as children you know there's a lot more focus for both boys and girls on academics to perform well in school the emphasis on taking up a sport extracurriculars playing baseball cricket or whatever it is that we see western uh, countries playing we don't have that as much so what happens is and especially as girls from a very young age we stop moving we stop going out we stop running we stop and there's also this certain stigma you know majority of india majority of indian women and i mean like the the big chunk they yeah. try to go to a gym and i've really i've literally seen this happen because they don't want to wear sneakers i it, it, it's a mindset so there's basically a lack of movement that we have so it's poor diet and it's a sedentary lifestyle so both these combinations together result in pcos if you have any specific diet for pcod what to eat any substitutes things that should be avoided if there's anything specific you recommend so again no one size fits all kind of answer yeah, for of course this because like i said okay so my personal experience right i have pcos um whenever i went to or whenever i researched online the first thing they would tell me is lose weight and i'm like if i lose more weight i will disappear so please do not give me that advice because that's the most basic advice that they tell you for pcos which is 100% true but provided you fall under that category of 80% pcos which is uh more on the obese side of pcos So I would say, and these are just personal tips that I've kind of um, that have worked for me. Okay, one is avoiding dairy. So most of us, around seventy percent of us, have become lactose intolerant. That has uh, it's again to do with our lifestyle and our habits and everything. So most of us are lactose intolerant. Uh, so by avoiding dairy personally, I felt like my acne started reducing. So and so this is called the elimination diet. You have to listen to your body. The most important thing to do is that no one else is in your body experiencing this kind of symptoms that you are experiencing. So you have to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So I started eliminating dairy, and that worked really well for me. Then I moved on to gluten. I figured that whenever I would eat a lot of bread. or pavs or you know other pizzas mm-hmm. i used to feel extremely lethargic and it's not like everyone does feel lethargic but more than normal for what an average 24 year old would feel and that i realized is directly linked to your insulin resistance right so i cut that so these are two things that i would in my post and then i switched to um complex carbs so instead of having wheat rotis i started having jawar rotis or bran rotis right instead of having potato chips i went to sweet potato chips so just complex carbs and you'll find 
multiple options online of what exactly is a complex carb. So these are two things that I felt really worked for me. One is avoid dairy, avoid gluten, and basically listening to your body. If it works for you, if you feel good about it, if your body feels good about it, you will know first. No one else will know before you. Your doctor may tell you something, but it's important that you are in tune with yourself and you understand what's right and what's not right. The other thing that really helped was honestly, I know it seems like a whatever kind of tip, but it's meditation and journaling, right? So the thing with PCOS is that a lot of women who are going through PCOS are experiencing a lot of mayhem within themselves. You know. a lot of women can't conceive pcos is responsible for high infertility rates amongst women so you know there's and they, they don't feel feminine enough there, there are a lot there's a lot of problems that people go through with i think the most important thing to do is to calm your mind because stress is also directly related to pcos there are a lot of herbs that you can have for to calm your stress like ashwagandha is a very good ayurvedic herb that people have for pcos and the last thing is strength training so what happens is that when you build muscle you reduce the level of insulin resistance in your body because more than 75% of girls who have pcos have insulin resistance so it's important to take up some form of strength training so that you deal with that just another point i wanted to cover you mentioned right now that you know you gave up dairy um, you know I, i know a lot of people have this question um, and there's a lot of confusion is milk good for you is dairy good for you you know should i be vegan what is you know what is it all about do you have any advice on this do you think people should everyone should give up milk should everyone be vegan what exactly um, do you recommend and how do you sort of approach this the thing about milk is that you know back in the day when you and i were kids our mothers would give us milk and we would just constantly i remember having either being fed with bone vita or horlicks or whatever it is you know i would just they would constantly give me milk and i hated it but there was that whole perception that you know milk is good uh, you must have milk it's important for bones it's important for calcium which is all true by the way the thing about milk is that back in the day we used to get it from we used to get something called a2 milk right from the ghee cow which was about say 20 25 years ago today currently we most of us get something called a1 milk which contains the protein that is problematic to most of mankind which is why we face problems like uh, bloating acidity gas distension in addition to that today we are living a very toxic lifestyle you know our lifestyle wasn't back in the day like how people used to play more sports they used to farm on the fields there was a lot more activity we used to not eat so much junk you know there weren't as many cars on the road so what happens when you feed an already polluted body with something as problematic as avan milk it's bound to result in more toxicity the second thing is that today a lot of people have respiratory issues they have asthma If you take a substance that is that causes mucus formation, milk is known to increase mucus in people. It is bound to affect you in certain ways. So I think again, I want to go back to that whole philosophy of again listening to your body, right? Uh, at Health Portal, we do gene testing wherein we kind of figure out if uh, we take a saliva sample and we figure out if you're intolerant to milk, if you're lactose intolerant. 
but i think it's pretty easy to find out even if you don't mm-hmm. take that test just by listening to your body and figuring out that am i experiencing do i feel bloated after i have a glass of milk do, do i feel like burping am i getting you know multiple other symptoms if not then continue having milk if you are experiencing those symptoms then obviously stop find other sources of milk i've completely switched to almond milk i frankly speaking i can't find the difference uh but it, it it really tastes the same you know so i feel like if you have an healthy if you have a, a healthier option than buy milk so yeah it's again about milk it's not everyone should stop having it or everyone should have it it's about what works for your body if you feel like you are experiencing a lot of symptoms that are problematic then don't have So, yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that's very relevant. Um, and again, that goes back to what you were saying earlier that you know, there's no sort of one answer fits all. Um, it's important for everyone to sort of see what's working best for them and stick to it. You know, we have a question on what are some other sources of calcium. Hmm. So maybe you can sort of answer that. And then, um, you know, I know we're sort of running out of time, but I do want to talk about immunity. Um, you know, I know that's something that everyone is worried about today, um, and rightfully so. So, what do you guys recommend for immunity? What are some home remedies that you take that you ask your clients maybe to take? And um, just generally, what are some tips that you think um, would be helpful for our viewers um, just to keep in mind in terms of boosting immunity? Okay, first I'll answer that calcium question. Yeah. So, spinach actually is one of the best sources of calcium, even more than milk. Any green leafy veggies. any green leafy vegetable that you have will have a lot of calcium so whether it's kale whether it's spinach uh even dals have a lot of calcium lentils have a lot of calcium so i think these are good sources of calcium also i want to add on the importance of supplementation right so in today's day and age our diets are not enough we need to supplement ourselves with you know basic vitamins basic minerals because whatever we're consuming it's getting depleted from our body because of all the toxicity that's there so mm-hmm. it's important to have a b vitamin it's important to have your calcium daily it's important to have your vitamin c so why you get it from foods trust me that's not enough because our diets are just not up to that mark if you can have a wholesome good well nourished diet then you don't need it but let's be real none of us have that you know so that is one thing uh now coming back to your immunity question right so you were asking me what are the things that i do for immunity and what is it that we do at health total for our patients at for immunity mm-hmm. so very recently i put up this video that they did really well um it's and it's this juice that my mom has been making for me since ever since i was a kid right so it's this turmeric juice basically i'll tell you the recipe it's really simple you take around 1 inch stick of turmeric fresh turmeric you take half ginger and you grind it together you strain it you add water you add little bit of lime honey as well as um salt and pepper now turmeric you go back to any ayurvedic old school book they will always speak about turmeric because it is an anti inflammatory it is a very potent antioxidant and it's amazing for it has so many benefits it's actually a superfood you know so whether it's for your skin whether it's for immunity it's a great option so even if you don't want to use it for immunity you can use it for your skin it works either way you're winning the second thing about right what herbs to be kind of prescribe 
I wouldn't say prescribe, but you know, what herbs do we give yeah. for yeah. people uh, who want to improve on their immunity? So, Tulsi is great, right? These are it's it's such common knowledge. I feel as I'm saying it, but people forget. They want to go back to all uh, these new age cool foods, but actually, it's about going back to your roots. So, Tulsi is great. Amla is great. Guruchi. is also another herb that's really mm-hmm. good for immunity so turmeric ginger tulsi amla guruchi great um you know i just noticed you keep mentioning you know the difference between ayurveda and you know some of the new age sciences um just for our viewers who don't know so dr vedya's is actually where dr vedya's new age ayurveda so we try combining um, you know the legacy or the research the 5000 6000 years of research by ayurveda and sort of putting them or giving to our consumers in new age sort of ways so for immunity you can check out our chavanprash capsules herbofit we have chavanprash toffees um chakash so you can find all of these on our instagram page on our website so do check that out um also so just before we sort of end this what do you recommend for people who are vitamin deficient so okay basically how do you know you're d3 deficient you've obviously taken a test or some mm-hmm. sort of uh analysis to figure out your deficient find out what your levels are see how far off they are from are they in the normal range even if they are in the normal range are they on the lower side middle or upper side right so it's very important to know that most people think that even if they touch the you know the lower end of normal they mm-hmm. could but that's not the case because again as you know blood tests are just based on average stats it's not it differ each pack lab has its own range yes. so if you're deficient in any vitamin or mineral which you will be in today's day and age it's important that you take supplements for it and you nourish yourself with food and diet that's mm-hmm. a given but say you can't do that for whatever reason it is say you enjoy your pastas and pizzas and burgers or whatever it is that you take in at least have the supplements at least take in that so d3 is again a vitamin uh, it's a sunshine vitamin that you know they say you, to, uh, you get it in the morning in the morning sun how many of us wake up in the morning we don't wake up in the morning i i wake up like at maybe 11 am so the morning sun is already gone for me so the idea is to take so you take you get something called d3 60000 international units that is recommended mm-hmm. once every 2 weeks so if you take okay. one capsule every 2 weeks you, your your levels will keep increasing you know so and then that's a good way to kind of start so supplementation is basically the idea yeah. when it comes to any sort of deficiency if you do not have a good diet yeah no like you're saying i think you know one thing that a lot of people forget they go running to the supplements but you get a lot of these um you know in your sort of daily or should be getting a lot of these vitamins in your daily diet um so the thing is that how many of us are having a good diet you mm-hmm. know if you have a good diet i'm saying even then you need to maybe take you obviously need to reduce the level of supplementation but for those people who have unhealthy lifestyles the easiest thing that i could advise is make sure you're regular with your supplements definitely the best way is to take it in the natural form we we have spoken about um we spoke about a lot of things we spoke about pcos we spoke about intermittent fasting keto veganism milk dairy um and just generally you know how to stay healthy and fit boost immunity during um lockdown so sachi thank you for doing this this was very useful thank you so much take care thank you bye
Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Vedya's Heal at Home. Until the next episode, we'd love to hear back from you for questions, feedback, or anything else. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Vedya's, and we'd love to have a chat with you. And if you like what you heard, then don't forget to press the subscribe button and do share it with your friends and family. We're nothing without our listeners.